Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 13th of September, 2021, the 7th of Tishrei, 5782. Here we are in the new Jewish year. Hope for all of those who were celebrating. Hope you had a wonderful Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. We are now in the midst of the high holiday season, Yom Kippur is this Wednesday night. This period is known as the 10 Days of Repentance. We spend a little extra time in the synagogue doing good deeds, giving charity, so that, please God, we will have a good year ahead. If you hear background noise in this broadcast, it's because I'm coming to you this morning from Gush Etzion, Israel. I don't know if my uh, my microphone is is able to filter out the noise, it is the sound of construction building here in the land of Israel. So on one hand, I'm going to apologize if you do hear some drilling in the background. Uh, on the other hand, I'm going to say it's wonderful that things are being built uh, and established here in Judea and Samaria. So that's a good thing. So if you're hearing the noise, again, sorry about that. But on the other hand, uh, perspective is very important because it means we're building here in the land of Israel. Anyway, as I said, I'm coming to you from Gush Etzion, and don't forget, you can get in touch with me, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, Joshua Haston, or Josh Haston Israel Advocacy and Journalism, on Twitter at Josh Haston, and on Instagram as well. Just a few minutes ago here in Gush Etzion, there was an attempted stabbing attack at the Gush Etzion Junction. A Muslim terrorist tried to stab security personnel monitoring and guarding the Gush Etzion Junction, the scene of, unfortunately, dozens of attacks over the last five, six years or so. The terrorist was shot and neutralized. And when I say neutralized, I mean he was hurt, but he was not killed. Um, and uh, there were no injuries to Israelis, thank God. So that's the good news. The bad news is the terrorist is still alive, which means he'll be getting three square meals a day at a Jerusalem hospital and he'll probably be receiving payment from the Palestinian Authority for trying to carry out an attack because he failed I guess he'll be making less money than those who do carry out murderous, atta murderous attacks against Israelis but he'll probably be going to jail maybe getting a PhD we'll talk about this whole situation with the prisoners who escaped from an Israeli jail uh, last week during the uh, Rosh Hashanah holiday. I haven't done my podcast in two weeks. We'll get to the prisoners and we'll get to that situation as well. Um, but Israel National News says that data from the defense establishment in recent days indicates that there's been a significant increase in terrorist attempts, terror attacks, uh, rock attacks, firebombs, here we have several stabbing attacks in uh, Judea and Samaria in recent days. We'll have to pay attention to that. And all this comes exactly three years to the day when our good friend Ari Fold, may God avenge his blood, was murdered also in the area of the Gush Etzion Junction um, near, the, near the mall, just uh, maybe uh, 100 or 200 yards away from the Gush Junction. Um, and we remember Ari Fold on this day and his contribution 
to the Jewish people, his immeasurable contributions to the Jewish people during his unfortunately short lifetime. For those of you who don't know the story of Ari Fold, plenty of resources out there. If you Google his, uh, Google his name, um, a friend of mine, and he died a hero saving other lives after he was stabbed by a jihadist there just outside the mall here in Gush Etzion. Um, somehow he managed to uh, chase down the terrorist and shoot the terrorist before succumbing to his wounds. Again, that was three years ago. Uh, today, we just commemorated September 11th. You know, you have that everybody knows where they were on 9-11. Everybody remembers exactly how they found out about the Twin Towers and this and that. And I'm not necessarily making a comparison in terms of uh, the Twin Towers and the attacks in New York and the Pentagon and what happened to my friend Ari Fold, the fact that he was murdered. I mean, it's the same ideolo ideology that, that caused their deaths. But I'm pretty sure, my point is that I'm pretty sure a lot of people will say that they can remember where they were when they heard about the murder of Ari Fold. I think that's very, very true. So anyway, we remember Ari and all of his holy work the thousands and thousands of lives he touched and all his contributions to the state of Israel and the Jewish people. May his neshama have an aliyah. And I know the family is going to the cemetery today um, on his third yortzad. I can't believe it's been three years. Where did those years go? Three years since Ari was murdered. And again, I'll never, I'll never forget that day. Now, this was actually how I wanted to start the show. I wanted to talk about this story on the front page of the Jerusalem Post, but then we had a terror attack here this morning in Gush Etzion and all the other stuff I've been talking about until now. But the headline here in the Jerusalem Post is as follows. Lapid, this is our foreign minister, Yair Lapid. He says that we'll defeat Hamas via economy and diplomacy. So this is where we are headed, folks. Uh, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid laid out his detailed plan to de defeat Hamas in the Gaza Strip through economic and diplomatic means. He made his comments in an, uh, an address to the International Institute for Counterterrorism conference on Sunday. He said, quote, we need to start a large multi-year process of economy for security. That's the plan. Economy. We help shape the economy in Gaza and we get back security, okay? He said that an Israeli plan to improve life in Gaza, if Hamas lays down its arms, is a way to pressure, to put pressure on Hamas and end the absurd situation in which an anti-Semitic terrorist organization attacks Israeli civilians and Israel is blamed for it, he said. So here's the plan, okay? According to Yair Lapid, in order to pressure Hamas, we need to help, essentially help Hamas. And when I'm talking, what I'm talking about is the economy. He said the electricity system will be re repaired, gas will be connected, water desalinization plant built, water desalination plant will be built, significant improvements to the healthcare system, rebuilding of housing, transportation, infrastructure. In exchange, Hamas will commit to long-term quiet. 
That's his plan. We help the economy, and Hamas maintains the quiet. Now, on the surface, they may, this might sound like a good idea, okay? The problem is as follows. Hamas's goal is the destruction of the state of Israel. That's their goal. So it doesn't matter how much you improve the economy in Gaza, no matter how much Hamas claims that it's going to uh, put down its arms or claim that it'll uphold to a long-term ceasefire. We'll talk about the rockets which have been fired over the last several days. Hamas, their goal isn't to improve quality of life for Gaza. Their goal is to use the land that they took over in 2007 from the Palestinian Authority violently after Israel withdrew from Gaza in 2005 to use that area, area as a base to carry out attacks towards the destruction of the state of Israel. That is their goal. It isn't improving the economy or building uh, water, water facilities or electricity systems or all that stuff. I understand people need to live and they're in control of the area. But this philosophy that to put pressure on Hamas or that improving life in Gaza equals pressure on Hamas to lay down their arms, I think is absolutely ridiculous. In my opinion, Israel should be doing exactly the opposite. I think Israel should be making the situation even worse in Gaza. Let the people of Gaza turn against Hamas. Yair Lapid admits Hamas is an anti-Semitic horrible terrorist organization. So you want to deal with a terrorist organization by improving the situation? Why would the people in Gaza ever want to reject Hamas ideology if they see that life under Hamas is getting better and better? Explain the logic in this. I don't understand this type of thinking. In my opinion, if Israel did the exact opposite, if they said, we are not going to improve your electricity, we are not going to improve your water system, we're not going to give you this and that and allow you to import and allow you to do business and allow you to do all these things as long as Hamas is in control, don't you think there's a better chance that the people will turn against Hamas when they see firsthand how bad Hamas has made their lives? And our foreign, minister, foreign ministers advocating to improve lives in Gaza under Hamas, under their control? Who do you think is going to get credit for that? You think Israel's going to get credit for that? You think the people are going to love Israel? Okay, no, they're going to start appreciating Hamas more. And that's why I think this is absolutely absurd. Lapid also admitted his plan would strengthen the Palestinian Authority with an aim to achieve a two-state solution. So that's his plan. His plan is to bolster Hamas, bolster the Palestinian Authority, and create a two-state solution, which means a terrorist entity in the heartland of Judea and Samaria under his watch. Everything he says in this plan go, is completely counterintuitive. It's completely the opposite, in my opinion, of what we should be doing 
to confront the terrorists, whether in Hamas or the Palestinian Authority, who are terrorists as well. And he is, not only is he our foreign minister right now, he is slated to become our prime minister. And the question is, what is Naftali Bennett, the prime minister, the current prime minister, what is he going to do about it? Is he going to let this go? All right, he was asked to comment on this. Naftali Bennett was asked to comment. Prime Minister Bennett was asked to comment. And he says that and he said that he agrees with the economic strengthening of the Palestinian population. But he ignored the fact that Yair Lapid talked about a two-state solution. He ignored the fact that Yair Lapid wants to somehow bolster the PA via helping Hamas. The whole plan of Oslo was to destroy the Hamas. As flawed as it was, the goal was to help the PA, to create the PA so that they would destroy Hamas, which was a terrible mistake as the PA never was able to destroy Hamas. And when it comes to hating Israel, they both hate Israel. And they're both on the same page, even if they disagree on every other issue. It was, Oslo was a disaster. The pullout from Gaza was a disaster. And Yair Lapid's uh, plan, our foreign minister's plan, would be a disaster. It would strengthen this terrorist organization. And it would reward them, essentially. You attacked Israel time and time again. We will reward you. And somehow that's supposed to put pressure on Hamas by rewarding them by making things better for Hamas rule, by giving them credit in the eyes of their people for better lives. This is a miscalculation, and hopefully this, this plan will never bear fruit because it's absolutely absurd in my opinion. And I think this is really, really a very, very important issue, a very important story that we really have to pay attention to. And now we turn to the, to the uh, six terrorists who escaped from an Israeli prison, Shawshank Redemption style. Uh, four out of the six have since been recaptured. In case you missed this story, uh, the J-Post talked about it yesterday. Four of the fugitives who escaped from the Gilboa prison last week were recaptured in northern Israel over the weekend by the Israel Police Counterterrorism Unit. One of them was Zakaria Zubedi who, by the way, is a member of Fatah. Fatah is in the ruling uh, party of the Palestinian Authority. He was the commander of what, what is called the Al-Aqsa uh, uh, Martyrs Brigade, a horrible terrorist. He, along with uh, Mahmoud Arda, were found in a parking lot in the village of Um el-Ganam early Saturday, hours after two of the other terrorists were caught in Nazareth. On Friday night. So you had six terrorists who dug their way out of an Israeli prison. Four out of six have been caught. A manhunt continues to find the other two terrorists, put them behind bars again. And in the meantime, in the interim, uh, this is used as an excuse by the Arabs living both under the PA and in Gaza to attack Israel. So their guys escape. Israel's in search of those terrorists. Israel is the bad guy for going after those terrorists who escape. And there were riots over the weekends. And I mentioned before, uh, more than usual rock attacks and firebomb attacks. In addition to 
I think the number is, yeah, four rockets have been fired. At least, sorry, at least three rockets fired over the last three nights. I think the number is actually now four rockets over the last three nights fired by terrorists from Gaza uh, towards Israel. Uh, No injuries, at least physical injuries that we know of in any of these attacks. The Iron Dome last night shot down a rocket at 8.48 p.m., according to the Jewish press. Uh, And so we're seeing another round of trickling uh, rocket fire here in Israel. One rocket intercepted over the town of Sterot. Times of Israel says the Israeli army um, released a statement saying it hit four Hamas compounds used for military training in addition to a a weapons workshop and the entrance to an underground terror tunnel. So Hamas is still building tunnels. They're training militarily. Israel's striking empty buildings. And our foreign minister wants to uh, help, basically help Hamas out of a jam. That, that's our crazy situation, folks. That's what it is. But um, back to these, uh, these prisoners who escaped, these terrorist prisoners. More details were released. Times of Israel says after breaking out of the maximum security Gilboa prison earlier this week, the six fugitives headed on foot to the nearby town of Naura, where they begged several residents to drive them to the city of Janine, but were refused. Hebrew media reported on Sunday. From what I understand, uh, it was actually an Israeli Arab who turned in some of these guys. I don't know if, I think it was the guys in Nazareth. Um, But there were Israeli Arabs involved in in capturing them by tipping off authorities because they didn't want these guys in their town. They they don't want to have anything to do with them, Um, which just shows that there are Israeli Arabs who don't want to have anything to do with this stuff and don't want these guys hanging out by them and won't give them rides, didn't want to get involved in the situation. And uh, and potentially for moral reasons, and I don't have all the details, realize these were bad people and belong behind bars. So I would say a shout out or congrats to those Israeli Arabs who decided to do the right thing and help by providing intelligence information to the uh the officials so that these four again it's only four so far another two still uh on the run and hopefully they'll be caught very very soon Uh, the j post says that israeli ministers will demand more restrictive conditions for convicted uh arab terrorists in israeli prisons we've talked about this in the show how some of these prisoners uh, can basically coast with minimal security and they can do research to get their PhDs and they have it pretty much made in some of these prisons. So now you have ministers um, who are calling for tighter restrictions on these convicted terrorists. And I think that's the way to go. They are terrorists. They should not be able to get their PhDs. They should not be given a, any type of country club style uh, reality, whether it's for 10, 15, 20, or life in prison, they should not be given all of these privileges. Uh, Public Security Minister Omar Barlev said he would form a commission of inquiry into the escape of the six Gilboa prison inmates. And now there's talk about 
um, figuring, figuring out ways to create more restrictive condition, uh, uh, conditions rather, for these terrorists in jail. It should have happened years ago, but maybe it'll, it'll happen now. We will see. We mentioned the attack in Gush Etzion here this morning. Several days ago, uh, a Muslim man attempted to stab border police officers at Jerusalem's Lion's Gate and was shot and killed. This happened on Friday afternoon. According to police, one of the officers was slightly injured during efforts to stop the assailant at the scene. You can see some of the videos of this attempted attack from Jerusalem's old city uh, online. Just another example, we talked about it before, and of course, Goshetzion this morning, of the increase in attacks in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem over the last several days. And again, it's this whole uh, story of the prisoners. Let's be clear, this is the excuse. It's not the reason for the attacks. It's, it's the excuse being used. Just like over and over again, the Palestinian Authority, Hamas, the other terror gangs, uh, PIJ, use the excuse of Jews going up to the Temple Mount to launch the attacks. It's been going on for 100 years, all different times of rationale and reasoning. Uh, of course, being incited by their, their leaders. By the way, back to the security prisoners, the PLO described the security prisoners as, quote, the best Palestinian youth who sacrificed their lives for the sake of their homeland and their people. Calling on these prisoners to be the symbol for all Arabs under the PA to continue the struggle and resistance against what they call the occupation. So the leadership is inciting, using these prisoners and their escape, again, for our behind bars again, as a symbol to incite against the Jewish state of Israel. Nothing new here, but we see it time and time again. Switching gears now, Iran uh, back in the news. Maybe they never left the news since they're the biggest global sponsor of jihadist terrorism in the world. The front page of the J-Post today, it says that the IAEA, those are the inspectors, uh, were supposed to be monitoring Iran's nuclear activities. The inspectors are now permitted to service the identified equipment and replace their storage media. So apparently the Iranians, someone of course, big mystery, destroyed some of this equipment belonging to the IAEA inspectors. And of course they are not allowed to see many of the, uh, the secretive sites by Iran. Every time it gets to like a point where Iran threatens that it's going to leave the bad, de the bad deal, the 2015 uh, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action Nuclear Agreement. Anytime they threaten to leave it, all of a sudden the deal's worked out. And in this case, these inspectors who had their equipment broken by the Iranians, they're not going to be able to go in and fix their equipment. But according to this report, they won't actually have access to the data that the equipment gathered before it was uh, dismantled. The Iranians are playing games here and they're playing with the international community and the international community is going along with it. Again, on one hand, they're threatening. If we don't get what we want, 
uh, we're going to leave the nuclear agreement. If we're not happy with what's going on, in this case, uh, the United States, Germany, France, and the UK, they were talking about putting together a resolution condemning Iran at the next IAEA Board of Governors meeting. Not that that really means anything. They were going to condemn Iran. So Iran said, if you condemn us, we're going to pull out of the nuclear agreement. So Iran is playing it on both sides. They're threatening to leave the nuclear agreement, which would be a good thing, actually. But the world community so desperately wants to deal with Iran, even if it's it's this bad nuclear deal, that Iran holds all the leverage. Iran threatens they're going to leave the deal, and then the world backs off. Something is arranged and everyone is happy and they continue down the path of negotiations to try the United States, you know, wanting to rejoin the deal that Trump wisely pulled out of. And Iran wins either way, because if they're in the deal, they're going for nuclear weapons. If they're out of the deal, they're going for nuclear weapons. And the world is just tiptoeing around the Iranians and not doing certainly not doing enough to stop them from not only going, trying to go nuclear, but also exporting their terror via their proxies all over the world. The Defense Minister Bonnie Gans, according to the Times of Israel on Sunday, revealed the location of an Iranian air base, he said, is being used to train Tehran's regional proxies to operate, again, uh, operate advanced drones. So here you have these terror centers in Iran, training groups like Hezbollah, possibly Hamas, and others. And all that's going on, but let's just ignore it. Let's ignore it and get Iran back on the telephone, renegotiate with them, negotiate with them. And that's the the policy of weakness, which we are seeing in particular from the Biden administration, but of course uh, the Europeans and others. Somehow, if we talk to the Iranians, they, they'll just give up their, their goal of world nomination, of exporting their brand of insanity to the world. If only we talk to them and be nice to them, make nice, then they'll just back off. That never works, folks. This is the Middle East. This is not the Midwest. And the world is going about it the wrong way. And Israel is going to have to act one of these days. Uh, before it's too late. Finishing off the show with some good news here. Israel 21C reports an inhaled drug could treat rare cystic fibrosis mutation. People living with cystic fibrosis, uh, fibrosis, rather CF, received encouraging news in 2019. A new treatment combining three drugs, which was effective in helping uh, people all over the world. So first you had this uh, drug treatment. However, there are mutations which cause the disease which these drugs do not help. In comes an, an Israeli company, a Jerusalem-based bi- uh, biotech company called Splicense. I believe that's how it's pronounced. They manipulate and fix defective messenger RNA that generates a non-functioning cystic fibrosis transmembrane conductance regulator protein. Obviously, I don't know what that means. CFTR, this protein which is fixed, manipulated and fixed by this Israeli technology for those who are impacted by 
a cystic fibrosis mutation. The technology generates a new fully functioning protein from RNA, according to the company's CEO, uh, Gilly Hart, in an interview with Israel 21C. The bottom line here, folks, is you have cystic fibrosis mutations, which are not treatable by the current drugs. And Israel once again to the rescue, creating a way, a mechanism via this inhaler to treat these mutations. My point when I share these stories, as always, is if you are a BDS supporter, if you're an Israel hater and you really believe your cause and someone in your family is suffering from one of these CF mutations, do not be a hypocrite. Do not give them this inhaled drug. Don't help them or you will be a hypocrite. Don't do it, folks. Israel, a light into the nations, creating technologies which are helping, in this case medically, helping people all over the world. Stick to your guns, BDS haters. Stay away from Israel and do not use this treatment for CF. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. Uh, my name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Uh, shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com. On Facebook, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston Israel Advocacy and Journalism. On Twitter at Josh Haston and on Instagram as well. For those who are celebrating Yom Kippur, and it actually is a celebration. We fast, and it's difficult, but it's a celebration of our confidence that we have done enough in order to have a good and sweet new year and start with a clean slate. We celebrate that as well. For those who are celebrating Yom Kippur this week, have a meaningful fast. And everyone else, have a wonderful week. Coming to you this week from Gush Etzion, Israel from Judea, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. Everyone out there, have a great week. Shalom, shalom. The Land of Israel Fellowship is ready to usher in the Hebrew New Year with wisdom and faith. Join Ari Abramowitz and Jeremy Gimpel for the weekly online fellowship. Like-minded people from around the globe seeking to learn Torah from Judea. A new cycle, a new world. To register, click on thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.